Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Well, I certainly hope you're enjoying a nice bowl of Rocky Road or chocolate chip mint or maybe even some plain old vanilla, perhaps with some peanut butter magic shell. And maybe, OK, no, wait, no, I've gone too far. Let me interrupt your ice cream bonanza and prepare yourself to be tantalized by the musings of Mandy Kaplan and the next reel's own living freshmaker, Steve Sarmento. I'm Rob Cabosco. 
And if it's Saturday, you know what that means. It's Saturday matinee. Mandy and Steve, how are you doing? I, I feel drunk now. I don't know what that was. <laughs> this is how it always begins with me or Kyle. Like, what what happened in this podcast? Where what is what is going on? And Steve has a cool name like the Fresh Maker. I want a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's from when I was in college. It was you know the Mentos ads were all over the place, and it's like it's Steve gotcha. Sarmento with one Mentos. Yes, I saw your reaction. I do. I, either you were going to just hugely eye roll me, or you, <laughs> which you should have, but because that was cheap. Okay, let's we'll work on that. Now here it is. This is our weekly show. It's where the next real team gets together to talk about news, reviews, new trailers, our weekly list challenges, and more. And when I say more, on this Saturday, it means ice cream. Because did you know that the first Saturday of February is International Ice Cream for Breakfast Day? Yes, invented on a snowy winter day almost 60 years ago, a mother of six children by the name of Florence Rappaport in Rochester, New York, declared the first ice cream for breakfast day. It's speculated that this is 1966 because there was a great winter storm in 1966 in Rochester. She says it was to bemuse her children. It's because she was losing her mind. She had six children. The holiday <laughs> spread across the globe. Florence's grandchildren, they traveled extensively. This this holiday is celebrated in Nepal, Nam- Nambia, Germany, New Zealand, and Honduras. It's real. In grad school, I wrote my thesis on it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to grad school either, but I thought I would try. It's, uh, it's not, so it's not ice cream day. It's ice cream for breakfast. Ice today. cream for breakfast. Okay. Which is so odd. Now, look, here's the deal. I know on this this Saturday in February, yeah. uh, most of the world is either cold or even just maybe lukewarm. Here in Arizona, oh. it's actually very warm. Very nice. uh, but I will say this as we get to the news. No matter where you are on the face of the globe, we all know golden days are ahead. Which brings us to our first news story. <laughs> Golden Globe nominations are in, everyone. <laughs> I see what you did there, Rob. They are. I yes. just, I'm really stretching this. This You're is going to end. <laughs> no, so we got Golden Globes. This is kind of cool. We get we, to talk about do. this. Obviously, there will be more discussion on this in the, in the episodes ahead. Uh, the Golden Globes will not be until, I believe, uh, my notes... Hold on. I'll get there. Uh, they take place on February 28th oh, on the National the Broadcast Network. So it's, it's just okay. a few weeks away. Right. Yes. Exactly. Did you guys check these out? Any thoughts? Surprises? Nope. Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I, I was surprised at that this is apparently a, a record or a tie for a record of Sasha Baron Cohen having three nominations uh, in, in one year of the Golden Globes. That's that's a tie. And so I had to dig into what, what is he nominated for? And I thought, oh, of course, the trial of the Chicago 7, something we talked about on the next reel. And then I had forgotten that, you know, the Borat subsequent movie film would would be taken in those comedy uh, nominations as well. So hats off to him for you know the comedy and the drama, you know balancing right. both those sides and, and you know pulling in three nominations. That's not. I don't think. I don't think subsequent movie film appearing in the uh, best motion picture musical or comedy category is any testament to the pickings that was the past year. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Maybe or not. Now, Mandy. Here's the deal, though. Some news that I yes. think you will appreciate. Uh, one of the most interesting things about this year is that for the first time, three of the best director nominees are females. And this interests me because I am a female. 
and the director. I mean, come on. I was teeing this up. I mean, Um, no, that's a big, I think that's big news, especially because we talk about this. I know there's been underrepresentation in a lot of award categories throughout the last few years. And we've we've certainly talked about this. I think this is nice to see this because these the three films that are that are represented by these uh, are fantastic. Uh, so and a one night in Miami. We've talked about this on Sat Matt in the last few weeks. So it's nice to see that. I was I I think that was a nice thing to see, and it'll make me want to tune in. Just to the scrolling, it's a very diverse list of of nominees oh, in yes. every category, yes. and that's really nice to see. That right. that does thrill me. And just, just talking about director, we've got uh, David Fincher for Mank. Uh, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago Seven, uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomad Land, Nomad Land, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. So, uh, I mean, that that's right there. That's there's a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, the one thing I did see uh, that I'm going to root for tremendously uh, is on the television series categories: Best Actor Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and yes. for Best Television Series, I'm rooting. I I'm hoping. He and the show win because that was one of the bright spots of this past year for us. For for me, it's the flight attendant. And I'm thrilled to see Kaylee Cuoco get recognized. Oh, okay. She was yes. a revelation in, in that series. I was so impressed. Went in completely Absolutely. dubious that she could pull that off. And she was right. fantastic. So I'm glad she's getting recognized. And that show also in the yep. Best Television Series uh, nominee. Um, so, And we've also seen a couple things to note is uh, Chadwick Boseman has a posthumous, uh, posthumous, my my pronunciations are off today. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, in, po- in post. Post. <laughs> Boom. Pete, well, Pete and Andy will do that. Uh, that's wonderful. Uh, so he's got a nomination uh, for Best Actor in a Motion Picture in Drama. Uh, there's a cut. Riz Ahmed is in there. Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman. Uh, we've got a couple of interesting things there. It was also uh, kind of amusing, I think, or surprising to some people to see that Hamilton is showing up uh, because uh, Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda has a nomination uh, for the acting for that. And people are like, wow, really? And yeah, because it did the the release of that of the film version of it was this past year or so. But no Leslie Odom or Debbie Diggs, I noticed, or any of the women, right? Right, right, correct. Yeah, which which uh, for surprised a few people. And then really surprising, uh, a snub, if you want to call it this, uh, De Five Bloods and One Night in Miami for actual film nominations. That was not oh. uh, there in the lists. So surprising for that. Hollywood Foreign Press interesting to see what they pick there so uh, tina fey and amy poehler uh oh. you know hosting again yes. so for that i'll i'll be showing up just for that you know no matter what was nominated i know that i'll have a great time watching them host Agreed. the show again ricky gervais was losing me no i, I like him in general yes. but year after year it was like he's I don't know. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, you, you know, I was just going to say, his last time, he made a real strong case for not returning, right? Yes. I think that's yes. what his point was. Yeah, we got it. Uh, well, no, that's really good you mentioned that. With with Tina and Amy returning as hosts, maybe we should turn our attention to another out-of-this-world reunion. That's right. Buck Rogers might be back. Maybe. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, so, I... Okay, now look. All right, first of all, Buck Rogers, science fiction character, it's from, I think it first appeared... In a in a uh, some sort of novella, Armageddon twenty four nineteen A D. I think it was. This is like early twentieth century. Famous character, popularized by the great 
two-season run, but we don't count the second season because the second season is garbage. We only count the first run of the 1975-1979 amazing science fiction television series, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, starring Gil Gerard, Aaron Gray, and Mel Blanc. We will not forget Mel Blanc because he was vital to that first season. Wait, Aaron Gray of Silver Spoons fame? Yes. Yes. Ooh. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Do you only know Aaron Gray by Silver Spoons? Yes, of course. Oh. <laughs> Just so I can put in the description here, I grasped my hand onto my open mouth. <laughs> no, she's her. Um, the, the role that made her known was Wilma Deering, Colonel Wilma Deering. <laughs> From Buck Rogers in the 20th and, century. And her silver suit, her silver skin type jumpsuit well, or whatever. Yes, I mean, that was. Okay, so let me digress. As, as whatever nine, 10 year old Rob watching Buck Rogers, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, really. Yeah, actually, right, yes. like seven or eight. Okay, and seven even or eight. then, that changed you. <laughs> One of the great things about the show, everyone, I think most people do know the show because it did, it had a phenomenal first year run, and then they brought it back and they changed everything for the second season. And there are YouTube videos aplenty that dive into the reasons for this and they ruined the show. But here's the thing here is the gem you have to find go on YouTube, search for Buck Rogers 25th Century movie intro. Because here's oh. what everyone forgets. They tried to release a movie, a theatrical release of the show, of the first like two episodes. But the movie version, the intro, everyone knows the famous theme song. It actually has lyrics. Oh, no. And the lyrics are some of the trippiest things you will ever hear. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like, I have them right here. Far beyond <laughs> the world I've known. Far beyond my time. What am I? Who am I? What will I be? Where am I going? And what will I see? I feel like I can hear Kermit singing that with his banjo. <laughs> Is that? Searching my yeah. mind for some truths to reveal. I, nice. that's, that's, that was there, you know. That was unprepared, but I mean, it's not bad. Here's the other reason why you need to see it. Because it's maybe perhaps the most inappropriate opening titles for any movie geared towards 7 to 12-year-old boys. <laughs> Because in true 1979 fashion, here's what the intro is. It's that song played against Gil Gerard, like in his flight suit in a surreal, like darkly lit set. And there's just female characters all dressed in various forms of undress, including Aaron Gray, which is insane. And they're all just sort of like slithering around him. It's so they're absurd. trying to do a James. They're trying to do a James Bond. Yes, intro that's thing. but I mean, low budget. Yeah, but they didn't. <laughs> it's just you gotta see it just because you'll just go, "What is this?" And then you'll never get that tune out of your head, and it'll be played at your funeral, which is what I plan for my anyway. That's fine. So <laughs> Whew, that took a okay. turn. That they took a real big turn, but here's why this is important: because George Clooney is attached to possibly one of two projects that are going to resurrect this character. They're saying a series. There's been rumors that it was a who knows now because again of the world we live in. But I just thought this was interesting in that that's ripe for a reboot and George Clooney is interesting and okay it's it's going to be a big deal when it finally gets made if it gets made. So I was I was surprised that there was a dispute because I thought this I know yeah okay I know the series from the 70s but I know the original source material is much earlier so I thought this has got to be in public domain so why is there a legal dispute but apparently it's right. 1928 
eight was the the first Buck Rogers. So it's still the the Buck Rogers estate people or whatever claim ownership of the legitimate rights that they've sold to one studio, and then you've got another saying, no, 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 they've actually got the legal rights, and so this may just get held up for enough years for it to eventually just. Go into public domain. You both do whatever you want with your your Buck Rogers, right. and then we'll have have two. It'll be the Camptown to... races of reboots. There we go. Yes. Ooh. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. But but it's it's I do find it like you said. I thought yeah I thought this was public domain by now too. Right. At least yeah. the character, unless, unless they really are trying to reboot a particular version, which right. who knows. But it's between uh, who is it? Skydance and Legendary uh, Pictures, and they're all just trying to figure this out. So yeah. And we'll see what happens. The funny thing is, I don't see this as like the untapped cash cow. That like, if we get oh, right. this, if they, we get this, we're set. We're gonna have the hugest franchise ever. It's Buck Rogers. It's, it's Buck Rogers. It's, it might and if be it doesn't okay. Involve, it, it. I mean, who do you cast as Tweaky? I don't know. It's, I mean, and don't see, know. Mandy, yeah. you'll. Oh, no, I'm gonna no. send you links. You gotta check this out. All right. Well, listen. If they can't bring Buck Rogers back. Then what will be what will we be watching in the future? Well, apparently that answer is a series about a woman whose breasts talk to her. <laughs> wow. Late edition here to the news. This was breaking news at yes. the time of recording. It's Saturday or whatever. Uh, so Salma Hayek, who's been in the news, she's promoting her new film uh, with Owen Wilson. And she has got a two-year deal with HBO Max. And her first project is apparently going to be a comedy where a forty-year-old woman's boobs start to talk to her. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know where we're supposed to go with that. But I did find it interesting. Now, here's the deal: for any of you who are thinking you're a pig, Rob, no, hold on. I, you, you never know because I know the. Uh, no, it's okay. It's totally fine. Here's the thing that's interesting: is the reason why I bring this up. One, again, you're seeing some real aggressive moves by streaming services. So this is continuing where we are going in terms of entertainment in the in the not so distant future, um, but this is an adaptation of Leslie Lur's upcoming novel, A Boob's Life: How America's Obsession Shaped Me and You, uh, which the book is actually due out on March second. The series will be a half-hour comedy about Leslie, a woman turning turning forty and in crisis, whose life gets turned upside down when her boobs start talking to her, forcing her to look at herself in a completely new light. The quote that they had about this when they announced this sort of, you know, leaking sort of this deal is um, that Salma Hayek said, in a boob's life, we use breasts as a metaphor for the constant judgment women are submitted to, creating a collective sensation that no matter what we do, we are never enough. In this show, we give the breast a voice that takes us through the life of a woman from a unique perspective that often we don't dare to see. Right. It it makes sense to me and and it intrigues me. And assuming it's akin to the vagina monologues and women dealing with women's uh issues and body dysmorphia and expectations and i and i love that it's a comedy i think it's going to have some probably quite heartfelt moments but good for them for keeping it light it sounds like a good uh a good take and something i I, as i'm an hbo max fan i will be looking forward to this well keep Uh, us abreast if you watch it Nice. Thank you, because I could not have done that. That that <laughs> no. would not no. That wouldn't have worked. That's why I'm so, here, guys. You're, but no, it's yeah. So, so Rob, um, is 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 this fall into the domain of things that you you definitely will not watch with your daughter, 
Or is it something of like, let's watch this together and have a laugh? What is the comfort level on you with this one? Steve knows that I, I have made questionable choices in the movies that I've watched with my daughter. <laughs> my daughter turns, this is the month, her birthday month, she's turning 18. She's an adult. Oh, okay. she, she's, right. she, you know, okay. So we're getting there. No, I don't think anything. This is actually a show we'll probably watch, but the show will be probably out after she has gone to college. So oh, okay. we'll have to talk about it some other time. But <laughs> there's a couple movies we, we have to get into this summer before she leaves. Human Centipede? Serious things. No, am I not allowed to say oh, that? No. The sequel. Two. Because two, you got to watch out for people. Never mind. That's not even... I'm not even going there. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. If there's one thing everyone's in agreement on is that movie theaters are making less money these days. I just wanted to slip this in because I did think this was a, a very amazing story. Uh, this comes from uh, Charter.co. It's a website. Uh, there's a. It's a website that explores data storytelling. And they had this whole thing about the analysis of the, the box office, uh, taking data from Box Office Mojo. And yes, it's, it's focused on domestic box office here in the United States, but applicable across the globe. And two things that blew my mind. So uh, right now, cinemas across the United States are taking in between 10 and $15 million in weekly admissions revenue so far in 2021. Last year in January, they were averaging $200 million a week. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that could be a problem. Here's, here's where it gets worse. You think, well, that's a problem. Here's where it's actually even, and I know AMC's been in the news in the last few weeks financially, if you've been paying attention to this. So AMC... In 2019, a full year before COVID hits, made just a 2% operating profit. Their 2% operating profit in terms of what they did. But get this, they didn't make that profit because when they applied their debt, they actually lost $149 million in 2019. Wait, and you'd say, oh, is there a silver lining? No, because here's the deal. In losing that $149 million, the 2019 report also showed that they spent $279 million to sell $1.7 billion in food and beverages. They made 84% gross profit on the on, yeah. on refreshments. Well, everybody still knows lost. the high margins. Well, no, yeah, no, but I mean, but, like, I don't know yeah. if people know it's that, that much, much, right? True, yeah. That's a crazy <laughs> amount. But the fact that, that, that you've got something like that and, and you, you still, still lost money... <laughs> Before COVID. Wah, wah. <laughs> so what's going to bring, what's going to save theaters? What's going to bring everything back? I'll tell you what's going to bring it back. Good trailers, because that's going to get you thinking ahead to those golden days. And we've got some amazing trailers today. Mandy, you sniped the first spot. I did. Yeah, I know. Because I, I, I tried to mess you up last time, and then that wasn't going to happen. That turned bad. Can you tell us what trailer you bring to the table today? I can indeed, but I feel like I'm underinformed as always. That's that, <laughs> no. that's uh, that's who I am and what I'm about. It's called Son of the South, and uh, it is a based on a true story, which always makes me feel uh, iffy. But uh, the story of a young white man who really participates in the civil rights movement in the South and takes on seemingly his town and a bunch of Klansmen and racists and stands with his African-American uh, neighbors and, right. and suffers the consequences. 
This is June 22nd, 1961. Can you recall your earliest memories of race? You grab that bat and you do what's right. I don't think so. This is in your blood, right? This is where you belong, boy. Montgomery's a pretty town. With a pretty ugly side to it. Get out of here! I was in a riot and I walked right through it, unharmed. What is the point you're trying to make? Maybe I could go around college campuses talking to students about the Negro cause. What the hell do you think you're doing? Son, I'm starting to wonder if you are aware of the poison in the apple that you have bitten into. Yeah, I thought this looked. I okay. I thought it looked very powerful. I was surprised too at the at the cast. Yes, amazing I cast. Didn't, I didn't recognize yeah. anybody. What Brian Dennehy? Oh, I did recognize, recognize Brian. Dennehy. Yeah, yeah. Brian Dennehy. Yeah. you gotta recognize your Dennehys, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, but I don't know Lucas Still. Is that Lucas Till? Is, Lucas Till. That's the lead. I don't know who right. that is. Because apparently you have not watched Hannah Montana the movie. Well, I have indeed, Steve. <laughs> well, apparently he's in that. Okay, that's all now I, I know who what, he is. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I prefer not knowing the lead actor. Then there's no preconceived notions. I'm not watching right, yes. like Matthew McConaughey pretend he's this yes. person. Yes. I, I will be more invested. And oh, it, it looks totally. powerful. So, But yeah, it, I glad. couldn't find when it when or where it will be released oh it's already out it was out oh. yesterday oh. Well, it was oh. out yesterday february 5th there and where go. can i watch okay. the film i selected but um, don't know anything about well okay so <laughs> it's being released by clear horizon entertainment and vertical entertainment uh it was not clear because it was originally it already had its world premiere in back in august of last right. year At but the venice film festival or something I, right i couldn't but i could not figure i could not figure out if it's going to be streaming and what i would assume yeah no see i think i think they are going for a theatrical release because it's nothing just nobody's got it out on streaming or anything like that. So it's probably a theatrical release. But check it out because it looked amazing. Um, Brian Dennehy for sure. Julia Ormond yeah. is yes. in it, which I think is amazing. Haven't seen her in a while. Where has she been? Yeah. Right. And uh, Lucy Hale, if you're a Pretty Little Liars fan or other things, you'll know who Lucy Hale is. She looks like she's got actually got a decent Southern accent in this. So definitely. Uh, but looks powerful. And it's based on, if you're wondering what's the true story it's based on, it's based on Bob Zellner's autobiography, The Wrong Side of Murder Creek, A White Southerner in the Freedom Movement. Once again, Son of the South out on February 5th. Excellent. Great pick. Oh, this is this is one that it, it was really slim pickings this weekend. And so I this one, I it didn't come up in any of my searches. So I was like, okay it's not as not as bad as i thought this is a, a nice one that i it feels like i don't know this always reminds me of like i can imagine like 10 years from now like middle schoolers are going to have to watch this movie as part of like social studies class or something it's one of these like important stories that tackles tackles it and does a, a nice job of giving it some historical perspective that that even though it's so far distant that kids will be able to relate to this in some way i hope right and and an unmandy like choice. The next one is more one of my movies. <laughs> I was totally surprised you didn't take this one because I, I saw this. I'm like, oh, that's Mandy's pick. Let me keep looking for things because she's going to be all over this one. And I, I'm trying you, to change it up. No, that's awesome because I looked at this one and my wife's like, no, that's 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 your pick. I'm like, <laughs> well, 
she's like, no, that's that's your kind of thing, because this is Moxie, which is a story of a fed a girl that is fed up with the sexist and toxic toxic environment in her high school, and she finds inspiration from her mother's rebellious past to start a protest, and she publishes a zine that sparks a whole school-wide coming-of-age revolution, and this is coming on Netflix uh, March 3rd, uh, directed by Amy Poehler, who also plays the mom, but we've got Marsha Gay Harden, Ike Barinholtz, which, as someone that has been a teacher in schools, can totally relate to his situation of girls confronting him, and then him looking and seeing, this is being filmed, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to exit the scenario right away because I'm not winning no matter what I do in this one. It's a no-win situation. I'm bailing out of this. Uh, but this is like right in my wheelhouse of like teenagers, girls asserting, you know, their their power and taking charge of things and confronting the things that have just been, oh, well, boys will be boys or just that's the way it is. And it's like, no, it shouldn't be that way. And uh, it's great to see... You know, aging Gen X being able to pass the baton to the to the next generation and, you know, get some, you know, bikini kill music going on there. Love, love that. Hey, Mom, what do uh, 16-year-olds care about? When I was 16, all I cared about was smashing the patriarchy and burning it all down. Oh, my God. Girls constitute a revolution. Did you hear rankings are already starting? Emma Cunningham's just going to get ranked most bangable for the second year in a row. Kira Pascal for best ass. Caitlin Price. I'll take best rap. It's so nice not to be on anyone's radar. Totally. Seriously? Oh, can I help you? I don't know. Can you? He's bothering you. He's harassing me. If you use that word, that means I have to do a bunch of stuff. You know that your school is weird, right? Ignore Mitchell. If you keep your head down, we'll move on and bother somebody else. I'm gonna keep my head up. Hi. Why have we all accepted it? Like, no one even blinks. Me and my friends protested everything. We made a ton of mistakes. But you're glad you did it all, right? Of course. What are you gonna do, nothing? When I'm watching this trailer, you immediately get the Mean Girls vibe. But not in a way like there was no I was trying to think myself, oh, is there like some funny thing I could say about it? No, there isn't, because it's in the genre. And you know how good Mean Girls is. This looks just as good. And it has its own voice like it's it's the it's its own thing. And I feel like it will have just as much of a social and also an emotional impact that Mean Girls does in terms of what teenagers are dealing with. So, uh, yes, I'm totally excited. Had not heard about it. I'm very much looking forward to this. Got about a month to wait, but coming on Netflix. Right up my alley as well. We should do like a Netflix watch party and I'll watch it together in our jammies with some popcorn. Uh, I love it. Let me know when we're doing that. We'll, I am there. I, and I'll bring my daughter along and she'll just be like, Dad. Well, this I'm, actually <laughs> looks good for her. No, no it does. Yes. Yeah. But it's with her dad. It's the, the I, you know. I mean. Totally no. Yes. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Uh, no, that's a great, great pick. And then finally, okay, now I'm I'm just going to tell you, I'm bringing a, this is, you're going to say, wait, Rob, we've already, this this movie has been brought up before on Satmat. It's coming <gasps> to America, the sequel. However, no wait new trailer yes which is insane because this is due to come out on march 5th and you'd say to yourself do they did they need to cut a second trailer <laughs> like this close to it apparently they did now the reason why i bring this one up is uh i love the original 
it was it was a, a seminal movie. I, I know growing growing up, especially when we were in high school, I think that was the late eighties. Um, just absolutely loved it. All quoted it all the time. Arsenio Hall and Andy Murphy, just fantastic. And the thing I was worried about, as much as I was excited about this, I was like, well, is this just a hey? Why don't we make another Coming to America movie? We have a couple truckloads of cash. Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, everyone else would like some of that cash. Let's just do it. Here's what you get out of this trailer. There's a story. And the story is not just more of the same. He finds that he's got a son that he didn't know that he had fathered back in New York City. And he's got a bunch of, of daughters now back in Zumunda. And there's going to be a whole thing that's going to go back and forth between, well, can one of his daughters not become the queen of Zamunda, Zamunda um, of the of the fictional nation that they're a part of. Uh, what I love, though, about what you can see in this trailer is you see a lot more of that story. You realize that there's a whole other subplot that ridiculously involves Wesley Snipes' character of General Izzy, who is basically trying to overthrow the government, it sounds like, overthrow the royalty of of the country. Did not know that. Did not see that coming. And just all the silly references to, I mean, there's a shot of a sunrise that looks like it's pulled right out of Lion King, yes. which, you know, they're they're doing. There's there's a Wakanda conversation that is just awesome. And I love that. And you got you got everybody. You almost got it looks like the entire cast is back. Um, but you also got Tracy Morgan. You got Wesley Snipes. Uh, it, it's really going to be I think it's actually going to be very funny. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Arizona um, Amazon Prime. Prime video on March 5th. So we've got something there also to look forward to. Hey! What are you doing back here? Mufasa! <laughs> Say it again! Feel right in his I just discovered that I may have a son here in this land. How much child support is she getting from? The king pays no child support. No child support for 30 years and you came back? You was a dummy! <laughs> <laughs> Andy was going to give you grief because I, or Pete, I can't remember which of them picked it first, but that, I, I don't think, I think that was a teaser because this felt like. Yeah, that was the it, teaser, right? It was the teaser. So I'm like, no, Rob's bringing the full trailer, which gives us so much more of the story. Because, yeah, based right. on the teaser, I wasn't that interested, but there is a lot more going on in this story that I thought, okay, this isn't the quick cash grab. They actually thought about tackling some issues like the whole, well, should the daughter be the heir since she's the one that's been raised there, all of that. I think there's 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 some substance to this versus just a retread of the same old jokes, which is what we seem to get from the trailer, which is a lot of the barbershop guys, all of that. And I thought, right. eh, seeing that, this is intriguing me to maybe give this one a, a shot. I would have cool. been in just for a reunion of dumb jokes and rehashing. I love coming to America, so I would have been excited for that knowing it's got some depth and maybe some other things going on fantastic bonus and i'm curious to look at coming to america through today's lenses it feels quite politically incorrect on a lot of levels so i'm curious if it's going to match that tone or update it or top it you know maybe if you go Maybe you could come all the way back around to politically correct if you push it. So I'm curious and excited. I totally agreed. Yeah. That's what I I mean. I'm thinking, too, because I mean, I've watched we have what had my daughter watch this movie, right? The original. And she and she did. She thought it was incredibly funny. And she thought it was a little bit of it was wait. And I keep always have to remind her the 80s. The 80s is just full of movies that you. Yeah. You, time changes everything. Right. But she's still out. The humor there is great because the humor is just funny. And we've said, like, I really am curious to see how they've adapted 
to today. Yes. And I'm sure they have, because I'm sure there are things that are to be said in this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I think Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy has the equity built up where he can get away mm-hmm. with a lot more than if a young filmmaker oh, right. said, we're going to yeah. come out with this movie, they would have to really be careful. I don't think he does. I think he right. can go for it. So Definitely. I'm excited. Very cool. Well, all right. So hopefully I redeem myself on coming to America. And we'll see how that goes out. Okay, now we have. Uh, I, I we have a. I, I tried to see how creative I could get with this. I want to do a little segment in the middle here of the show. So this past week, since it's the first week of February, uh, we have maybe one of the greatest non-Christmas holiday movie holidays ever. And what, of course, am I talking about? Uh, yes, we know about this in America. It is February second, Groundhog Day. And, of course, the aptly titled Groundhog Day movie starring uh, Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. We watch this movie, try to watch this every year on February 2nd. I love this movie. I hope you all enjoy this movie as well. Uh, and, okay, and just I'm just going to just side note on this. I think this is one of the most spiritually powerful movies ever made. And you're going to say to yourself, seriously? Yes, because the point of this movie is that life is a journey that yes can be difficult and there can be suffering and if you can if you can transform yourself to be of service to others and be selfless you find amazing joy in the journey that's the point of the movie like yes. I, I mean oh, yeah. Harold Ramis props to the I mean I just it's one of the most powerful movies. And I'll be honest, like there's a scene in the movie when he finally has the interaction with the homeless man. I'm yes. not going to lie. I, yeah. I tear up every time I see it. Right. Because it's just yeah. this great moment where you finally, you know, like he has this Phil Connors, this narcissistic sort of weatherman, this character where he's finally like making the jump of, no, my life is for others. It's not it's not for just my own benefit. Right. Um, so, ooh, I got really serious and yes. I got real like I didn't expect that. Well, let's destroy that now. So here's what we're going to do. Just going to have a real short, uh, this is a short true and false Groundhog Day edition, right? Of uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a statement mm-hmm. and then we're going to see whether or not you believe this is true or false. And this is about Groundhog, Groundhog Day, uh, the movie from 1993, uh, directed by Harold Ramis, who actually also appears in the movie. All right. So, Mandy, are you yes. ready? Yes, sir. Okay. True or false? False. Bill. <laughs> Do I not know the rules? Okay. No, I'll, hold uh, on. <laughs> Bill Murray was not the first choice to play Phil Connors. True or false? True. Oh, you got that right. That is correct. Okay, this is the only one I have a bonus on. Do you know who the part was actually offered to first? Mickey Rooney. I'm yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, according to legend... Bill Murray actually was the third person offered the role. It was originally offered to Tom Hanks. Tom oh. Hanks turned it down because he was actually afraid that audiences wouldn't accept of evil Tom Hanks because mm-hmm. he obviously begins oh, as, as yeah. a scoundrel at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, again, according to legend, the second person on the list was Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. okay. who read right. the script and didn't understand it. <laughs> But then he made Birdman. Right. Well, yes, well exactly. now, perspective, perspective there. Uh, and he did. And I think he did admit in an interview at some point he, he regretted the decision because he's like, oh, no, I could have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after seeing what happened, obviously, that would have been great. 
okay, you got that true. Okay, that's very good. Wow. And I think that. both right. those actors would have been great. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? And I think it would have... Tom Hanks would have he would have crushed it actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that he didn't take it because he because Bill Murray's just he's he's excellent. I mean he's excellent yes. in a role, but oh yeah, you think of Tom Hanks and you go oh yeah, I could totally see Tom Hanks mm-hmm. doing that. That makes perfect sense. You'd have connection with Andy McDowell. I mean yeah. Anyway, um, all right, Steve. Okay. True or false? The movie was filmed in Pennsylvania. False. You are correct. The the so basically here's the deal: Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, where this movie is actually yeah. set, doesn't actually have a town center that looks good on camera. So they shot it in Illinois. Uh, Punxsutawney got the revenge because they banned the character of Punxsutawney Phil, who is the groundhog, from appearing in the movie. Boo. Oh, uh, okay. So, but yes, that's you are correct. False. Oh okay. wow, both. Of you, okay, very good. This is good. I didn't try to make this hard, but I mean, this is good. Uh, Mandy. Your turn. Yes. True or false? Now, this film mm. obviously takes place in early February. Very cold, wintry. The snow was fake. True or false? False. Oh, it's true. Damn. It was fake. So apparently oh. this film, and this is one of those amazing movie magic stories. Filming took place between March and June of oh 1992. So, And the place is Woodstock, <laughs> Illinois. And at some points of the days of the production, it reached 80 degrees. So, I mean, one, I cannot believe they do that with that much fake snow. Because there are scenes that are coming out of, like, the bed and breakfast. It's snow. Right. And they're wearing bundled coats and scarves and just... How how people, <laughs> actors, are not glistening in situations like that? Yeah. I mean, you put me in a coat like in that, 80 degree, and I'm just, I'm losing yeah. 10 pounds every every two hours. Like, I don't know what, anyway, that's amazing. All right. that's Now, that's a credit to the movie. Credit to movie, yes. movie making magic. Oh, yeah. Excellent. All right. Steve, true or false? Acclaimed actor Michael Shannon appears in his first movie role. Michael Shannon. I mean, Michael Shannon. Is, is he in the diner? Is he somebody in the diner? I'm going to say yes, he's in the diner scene. You are correct. He is. Now, do you guys have any idea who he's playing? Uh, oh. Uh, now, is he? Oh, no, I don't. I can, I can. I have this vague memory of, but I don't know if he's like the busboy or, or somebody, or if he's a trucker or something like that. No. In there. <laughs> So he's okay. This blew my mind because I did not know this. This is his first first on screen yeah. movie role that's mm-hmm. credited. He is Fred, the 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 uh, newlywed. You know the oh, two young kids that he yes. talks and says, "Oh yeah, these two oh, kids they're right. they're going to get married." But she, you know he doesn't know that she's got the jitters, and then there's yeah. a whole mess up. And then at the end, they've gotten married. They come to see uh, Phil Connors in the party, and they're like, "Oh, thank you so much, Phil." That's Michael Shannon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's okay. not a psycho. <laughs> yes. That's yes. Crazy. Well, we don't know what happens to this character. Yeah. I mean, right. No, but I mean that's amazing. And there's a story you can read online that apparently Bill Murray and Michael Shannon had this weird, awkward encounter where a young Michael Shannon goes up to Bill Murray at like at one point he's listening to some music and he's like, Oh, do you like that group? And Bill Murray kind of like it doesn't trash him, but it yeah. doesn't go well. And then Harold Ramis had Bill Murray apologize to him, and it made it more awkward. <laughs> Just like, oh, man. Oh, wow. I don't know. All right. So, okay. All right. Well, all right, Mandy, here you go. You can 
Well, you you can tie it up with the with the with with wins here. Okay, this is it. So I only have five questions. All it right. wasn't meant to be a contest. There's no winners. We're all winners. We're all winners. All right, here we go. Two actors in this movie stopped speaking for almost twenty years as a result of the production. True or false? True. Oh, do you know who they are? Well, Bill Murray is, uh, he doesn't uh, make friends <laughs> wherever he goes. Um, it's not his brother, is it? No, but... His brother, that would be so sad. Well, his brother's in the movie. That's right, yeah. his brother's right. in the yeah. movie. Yeah. He plays yeah. the one of the Punxsutawney officials. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um, um, no, it... any, any, any other guess? Okay, so this uh, no. is this is the infamous story. Uh, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray had a oh, big right. falling out after oh. this after this movie. After well, I the think production. I was thrown because you said two actors, but I did know that they had a falling out. I teased it because Harold Ramis does portray okay. the one doctor he goes to mm-hmm. visit. Right. He's trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Yeah. See, I had to make it uh, yeah. tricky. I, I, I see I what tri- you did to me. Wow. So yeah, sorry. They um, so they had a falling out and and it's I mean they've both admitted it they talked about it and fortunately uh, Bill Murray was able to reconcile with him before Harold Ramis's oh, uh, death yes. so okay. it didn't good for that that we're very glad yeah. for taking in mind the wonderful story of the movie that's a good thing because relationships are important um, okay that's it well that was good yeah well, I mean it's a tie I like a I said lot. everyone wins did you well and again Groundhog Day. Oh, watch it. Yes. You don't have to watch it on Groundhog Day. No. It's a wonderful movie that, honestly, I, st- I think is an absolute classic. So We took my son. Uh, it was his first drive-in towards the beginning of the pandemic oh. when drive-ins were gaining, right. you know, popularity. And we took him and it was really fun. It is a great movie. Uh, so Yeah, I love it. Okay. It's movie list time. Now... Uh, this, this whole Oliver Stone <laughs> origin series, and last week they had Conan, and let's let's just say, let's say thank you Ray for his because we could have we could have had hero poses with swords yes. or spoons whatever kids we could have had a wonderful t- a talk about kids witnessing family murders and then seeking revenge <laughs> that would have been fun yes but instead we ended up with punching animals yeah I've got yeah. Peta calling into the show if that's cool yeah. <laughs> Today's but, topic: animals were harmed in the making of this yes, film. Yes, no, it was. I mean, no, and then, they weren't. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they were. They totally were. Well, except for one. There's one movie on my list. Let me just tell okay. you something. Sure, it's not an animal. But okay. I mean, anyway. All right. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go in the order, of course. Yes. Mandy gets of to go trailer. first. This, is, this was a, this was a tough one because in my research, I ended up with like all these horrible movies from like the 30s and 40s that were like animals were like killed or injured on sets and everything and i thought that's not what i'm looking for like trying to like what are the search terms to help me find movies where animals are being punched and it turned into like uh, just a a laundry list of like hollywood list of shame with animal treatment so oh no no. so so i didn't so that's not my list so i was able to find things and andy okay We'll see how these lists go, but Andy threw down the gauntlet and said, way to go, guys. This list is going to be a bunch of cheats or a bunch of Kung Fu Panda movies. And I was like, no, there are plenty of movies out there that that we can fit into this. So I'm looking forward to see what everybody brings to the table. Kung Fu Panda's on my list. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) 
Oh, but that's brilliant. Okay, wait. But it's the, I'm well, not the, starting with it. I'm not starting no, with it. Okay, I'm starting with fine. one that I think you guys might have, right? Because oh, I want to... You want to oh, get the steel. Steel, yeah. Steel. yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But I'm debating between two. But I will go with the first thought that occurred to me was Andre the Giant punching the shrieking eel in <gasps> Princess Bride. Oh! Whoa! Just me? Did, yeah, yeah, I did not a, have... Oh, that's I was like, awesome. for sure we're all going to write that. Oh. My gosh. No, you're right. I should have. Shame That's on amazing. me. <laughs> oh, bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wow. I'm speechless. I did not. I totally I thought that. I anyway. hang my head in shame. Because I'm like, I, I, in my head, I'm thinking, I can see actors punching animals. And that one did not come to mind. <laughs> so there we go. So, Steve, you are. All right. So this is next. I, I cannot claim credit for this list by myself. I received help and support from family members on this one. And my wife said, there's a movie where there's a guy and he punches a horse in the face. And I was like, yes, I know. And we were friends and my friend looked at me and said, Blazing Saddles. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. In Blazing Saddles, Mongo knocks out a horse because he stole it. he's, He's tying his bull up and you can't park that there and clocks the horse. Yeah. There we go. Okay. That's a steal because that was my second one. Okay. So you know, there's a great story about that. That like Mel Brooks got complaints. Oh, I can, Im- I can imagine. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, oh yeah, because people were like, and then there, if you you can do a search on this, there's a lot of stunt people will talk about. No, like you can train the horse to do that. Like yeah. there, yes, that is not. No, he did not connect. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's all good. Everybody, nothing, nothing bad's gonna happen. Um, uh, that's a great pick. Uh, all right. Well, my uh, next one, I kind of tried to get a theme, but uh, I ended up just I have two. I have the same actor in two movies unless one of them gets stolen. First one up the list. I'm going to go with Jackie Moon fights Dewey the Bear. That's right. Semi pro 2008 American sports comedy from New Line Cinema. Please tell me you've seen this, right? No, no. Is this so uncultured? It's a Will Ferrell thing, right? The yeah, it's, a, it's a Will right? Ferrell movie. Okay. It's a ridiculous comedy. Woody Harrelson's in it. Mara Tierney. Uh, it basically, it's the days like the ABA before they merged with the NBA. Okay. And just one of these like teams that is like the tropics and all the ridiculous things. The team's like in a small town. They have to do all these ridiculous things to get people to come to the games. One of them is Jackie Moon, who's Will Ferrell's character, fights a bear. It doesn't go well. The, Kristen Wiig is in it. She's like the handler of the bear. And there's this great scene where she's like, look, tell me what you want the safe word to be. Because if things get out of control with the bear and he's like, I don't know. It's a bear. I can take on a bear. She's like, all right, let's make the safe word Spumoni. And then it all goes downhill. <laughs> it, it may have started going downhill <laughs> moments before I got to that. But Mandy, help us out. What's, oh, <laughs> what's, your, what's your next pick? Well, my I immediately thought of animation because I'm not a monster and I don't watch movies where human beings punch animals. Oh. Uh, but in the gripping tale, Madagascar 2, Escape from Africa, Alex the Lion is expected to fight and gets punched in the face by another lion. So it's yes. animal on animal brutality, which oh, yes. okay. is such which, a turn on. That's all. <laughs> no. Oh, Just me. Wow. Okay. Oh, we went so, so dark. <laughs> really quick. <laughs> we, 
wait. That's not even. Oh boy, you you had me worried at animal on animal, and then yeah, well, so Madagascar two, not a steal. No, oh, just just me. Okay, no Madagascar two did not. That's amazing though, because again, <laughs> okay, all right. Steve, what do you got? Okay, I'm gonna try something here because this is one that I this is one that I just just watched recently and let me see if i can do this because i thought okay this is really obscure some of these and it's like you know you could say rob could say oh semi-pro and i'm like i don't know he could be making that up for all i know he got very detailed so i thought i want to bring some evidence with with some of these so i'm going to screen share so that you can see the ridiculousness of it's gonna be good jean-claude van damme oh steel in hard target where he grabs the snake she thinks he's going to kiss him. No, no. Grab the snake. What does he do? First, he gives it, well, I guess you might say a light tap on the head at first. Yes, but then that's not enough. Nope. You got to nope. punch that snake yeah. in the head. Wait, let it go, though. You got to let it go because the best is yet to come. I mean, <laughs> oh, hold on. He's Wait got for COVID it, hair. Look at no. him. Oh, here it comes. Ooh. Just rip the rattle Gee. off with his teeth. Throw it in the tree. Yes, there we go. John Woo, thank you for bringing us Jean-Claude Van Damme punching a snake in the head. Hard Target is the Hard name tar- of this movie. Hard, you know, you've never seen Hard Target? You're not a JCVD fan, are you? No. A what with the Jean-Claude. who now? Uh, the Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Van Damme. Van Damme. This was oh. early, this was what 92, 93? 93. 93. 93. Wilford Brimley. Yes. Oh. Wilford Brimley's in it. Lance Henriksen is in it. Lance Henriksen, yes, exactly. I mean the whole Lance- concept the whole concept is that whole like most dangerous game. We've got rich men hunting, you know, mm-hmm. military veterans for money. Yes. And yep. good old Jean-Claude in the bayou. Yes, there we are. Hard target. Okay. But and we can't watch the whole thing, but because Mandy's Mandy will just be horrified by this. He takes the snake. He's okay. He's ripped the rattler off with his teeth. Yeah, he did. Snake's still alive, and it's not a real snake. Everybody, don't no. keep your letters at bay. Okay, I'm not talking about animal mutilation here. He's ripped the rattler off. He's like, oh, I'll set a trap. He puts the snake up in a tree with a trip wire. The bad guys are coming in. Guy trips on the tripwire, looks up. Why do you rip the rattler off? So he can't hear it. Snake drops, full on fake snake, right to the guy's face, right? Guy drops, he dies. Everybody's like, whoa, Lance, Lance Henriksen, who's the head bad guy, just looks at the guy on the ground. He lifts the snakes up, and Lance Henriksen <laughs> blows the head off the snake with his gun. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yep. Right up your alley, Mandy. You're, you're kind of sitting oh. I like the term head bad guy. <laughs> because there's a lot. There's the there's whole hierarchy of baddies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Head bad He's guy. the CEO bad guy. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was the 90s. It's not yes. It's not time cop, but no, I mean, no, it's no. good. <laughs> Oh yes. man, come on! All right, that's there's a story there to be told someday in the future. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's a great pick, and you did. You stole. Okay, now I got to go to my backup. Well, my backup. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I can make this work. All right. I love superheroes. We all know this. There's nothing more. I, you know, if I were going to bring this up, all I would say in the in the words of the boy wonder, "Holy sardine!" That's right. The 1966 Batman movie. Adam West, 
punches a shark. That's where it's from. That's where it's from. I'm like, I know there's a movie where somebody punches a shark. I've seen that, it. Adam? You're supposedly, like, if you punch him in the nose, they go away, right? This is what, well, this is what my son no. told me. Yes. He punches it in the side of the head, if, and it's weird. And he's on a helicopter. Robin yes, is piloting yes. the helicopter. Yes. They're going after a boat. The, right. He gets too much in the water. The shark like, grabs onto the, heli- the, the ladder. Right. He comes out of the water. Adam West is just looking down like, send me, throw me the bat repellent spray. Uh, Robin is piloting the helicopter. That's yes. my yes. favorite part. Yes. And, he, and he punches the shark. Why, I'm going to tell you something. Make sure you, if you've never seen that, watch it. Because like that came out, what? It was a promotional theatrical release after the first season of the famous 1960s TV series. Everyone's in it. Oh, yes. It's it, oh, brilliant. Just, if you need to escape. Yes. Please do that. All right, that's a great one. All right, Mandy, bring it home. Well, the listeners can't see, but I'm hanging my head in shame. Oh, and no. I don't think it's fair that Steve pre-shamed me. I didn't But I shame. do, in oh. fact, have Kung Fu Panda. No, that is a oh, totally... Oh, no, that was not... No, that, no. that's brilliant. It's totally no, a legit no... pick. No, that's a legit pick. Totally. Mm-hmm. Because, well, number one, punching. it's an... There's punching, and it's an awesome movie. I love Kung Fu. Love me Kung I Fu Panda. Wait, now are you, are you? Are you? Is it the first one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. 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 No, that one. That is. Uh, I love Kung Fu Panda. Which As do I. You, but which scene are you pulling? What's What's the moment? Well, there. I don't have like a specific punch in mind, but there's the, whole the movie? big, yes, um, <laughs> the big fight where he, you know, confronts the bad guy and. And I'm sure oh, there were, were the, punches in there. Yeah, the the king bad yeah. guy. Yes, yeah. the the head bad guy. <laughs> head bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Skadoosh. All right. Uh, that's <laughs> that's ah. Uh, no, I love that. You know, I love that. I, to me, that is the greatest animated trilogy outside anything Pixar has done. Hmm. I I don't know. I I just made that up just now, but I really do think <laughs> that. I mean, I think that. Uh, somebody wants to fight me about it, I probably will lose. But no, I, I really do. I mean, they did so much more than what they were expected to do with those movies. Mm-hmm. That bravo. And Love Jack it. Black is just oh. so winning oh. in everything he does. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. I have a feeling Steve's going to steal another one, and then I'm going to be no, really no, messed no. Up. because the, <laughs> the interesting thing is, you know, as as Mandy brought up, you know, she had plenty of animal on animal punching because it says animals punching. It didn't say people punching animals. Or right. It said, oh. what is it? It's punching animals. Not people punching animals, just some type of punching and animals. Mm-hmm. So I have to thank my brother for this one because he somehow had just come across it online somewhere. And it's a movie that I remember seeing in the theater as a very young child. And just, you know, it's Disney. It's the 70s. It's it's cheesy. It's, it's Disney actually back in the 70s mining their own franchise when they decided to go back and revisit the cinematic universe of where men can turn into dogs due to mystical, magical things in the Shaggy DA. The Shaggy... Oh, the Shaggy uh, DA. The Shaggy DA, the sequel from the mm-hmm. 70s. And so you have to see what I think is probably some of the greatest punching animal scenes you will ever see so the setup is apparently the you know our our main character is a dog he's in in an, in an office and he is not supposed to be there so he's they've, they've called the authorities and good old dick van patten here blocking the way and this dog comes up and bam <laughs> <laughs> 
so <laughs> if you have to see that, it's it is uh, you know quite the moment of a man in a dog suit punching Dick Van Patten in the face. Oh, and the Dick mustachioed gentleman at the desk looks like a lady in drag. Looks like a yes. lady in like a, yes. you know old man makeup. Old man, old man yeah. makeup. So that is that is my punching animal. Final entry, the Shaggy uh, DA. Brilliant. Make sure you go see that brilliant <laughs> twist. Dick Van Patten never had a chance. No, he no. didn't. He took, he took full force of Paul. Good old I mean, dang. He's out. He is out before his left foot leaves the ground. It's just yikes. All right. Well, that's brilliant. All right. Here we go. All right. So. My intro to uh, to my final pick here. Uh, remember the politician who punched a baby? Well, he's at it again. He just punched Uggy, the dog from the Academy Award-winning film The Artist. This is a line from Jay Roach's 2012 American political satire comedy The Campaign, starring Will Ferrell. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> And Zach Galifianakis. Um, it's a, there's a just a ridiculous scene in this movie. And I got to tell you, as my days in politics, when I went to go see this film, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this movie is way more realistic than anyone would ever want to believe. <laughs> it's absurd satire of just an outrageous congressional campaign. And there's a scene where Will Ferrell goes to punch Zach Galifianakis' character, and he gets out of the way, and there's a dog sitting on this little this little chair, who is apparently some star from some movie, and full-on punches the dog in the face. It's You don't see the actual... Well, yeah, I think you do. You definitely see the rubber bone on the ground, which kind of tells you that, well, the dog got punched. But, yeah. I mean, was the dog hurt? I don't know. Maybe or maybe not. Well, that's okay. That's a pretty varied list of stuff. So, touche, Ray, and you <laughs> other Satmat people. You thought you were going to mess us up. You did not. Oh. When I, I read the that. topic, I was like, I'm out. Like, I don't, yeah. I, there's, I can't think of anything. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, oh. And then it made me realize what a sick world we live in. <laughs> that we're all like, yeah, no problem coming up with movies where animals are getting punched. Okay, so wait, a little trivia for this too. Who do you think, who's hit the most animals in movies? What actor? Will Ferrell <laughs> sounds like. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you would think it's Will Ferrell. It's not. It's the heir apparent that the reason why we're even having this discussion. It's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because <laughs> I know in yeah. the Conan sequel, they addressed it because he apologizes to the camel. Right. And I think the camel spits in his face. Or is that in the first yeah. Yeah, you know, Something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, later on he's coming into Tesco. <laughs> yeah, he's in the caravan or something. They, oh, they, I'm yes. really sorry. Yes, exactly. But what other animals has Arnold punched? Uh, he's oh he punched the reindeer and jingle all the way oh okay which that would didn't make the list I mean he could have but yeah. I was you know yeah jingle he punched full on punches the reindeer I think he's got two camels and I think he's got I think he's got two dogs I think he's got five oh my so gosh. he's at five Will Ferrell's at two which we just talked about the two Paul Rudd's in there oh, what? Paul Rudd Anchorman what? no Anchorman Paul could, Rudd what are you doing punching animals my sweet Paul well, Rudd it's Anchorman yeah it is Anchorman what, what is he punching Brian Fantana. What does he punch? Yeah, I think a bear. A bear uh, well, 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 bear's yeah. okay. Yeah, because he falls because they fall into the, fall in the bear. Yeah, the bear the pit. pit. Yeah, yeah. Pit. yeah. I think he. It, yeah, mm-hmm. the bears got it coming. Everyone knows that. Oh yeah, they're not. I mean, not panda bears or koala bears or polar bear. Oh no, oh, polar, polar bears. bears. Your general pedestrian brown bear. Sure. All right. Sure. If you. <laughs> well, that speaking of dark, jeez. All right. Okay, so this is it. Let's pick the next one. Uh, continuing number three in the Oliver Stone origin 
80s series. It's it's Scarface. <laughs> Which, uh, well, I don't know what to say. What do you think? I kind of, I mean, we always have our wonderful suggestions here, and I think any of these would work. But I kind of want to slip in, like, small friend introductions. Small friend. I think, I think that should be a topic. <laughs> There's yes. Mini-Me yeah. from Austin Powers, yeah, yeah. too. Oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't give them ideas. Oh. No, but that's, that's oh, happening. God. That's happening. That's, oh, wow, that's, that's fine. But, but that's right. Yes, small say. friend introductions. introductions. No, that's... Not, yes. They did not see that happening. No. What else? Go. What else? I mean... Over-the-top accents will lead to a fun discussion, I think. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Love Definitely. It. What else? Uh, I'm, reluctant, I'm reluctant with the, hey, you're not Cuban, insert ethnic background here of <laughs> sort of casting <laughs> oh, no. things. And I, I think that could just get ugly and nasty. And we probably best Over-the-top best accents that. might cover that. They might. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That probably will cover that quite quite a bit. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then, um, hmm, why don't we, why don't we go with killing to get ahead? We've got to have some oh, violence. That's a classic. Yes. Small well, I think, friend introductions. That's going to take it, Rob, so it doesn't matter. Hilarious. Mm, yes. I just like the way you phrased it, and it like took that perfect beat for Steve and me, and then boom. <clears throat> I, yes. This was wonderful. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, obviously, you want to be a part of this. Uh, what flavor of mayhem would you like to dish out to the hungry hosts on next week's Sat Mat? Well, don't let your frosty treat melt. I'm sticking with the theme that we started with, which is, again, ice cream for breakfast day. Yes. Head on over Book to the ends. Show Talk channel in the next real Discord community, and you can choose the decadent flavor of chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get access to the Show Talk channel, you ponder? It's as simple as a hungry tummy and a spoon. Just type in thenextreel.com slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just 100 cents a month, you can become a one scooper where you'll join our <laughs> online community and our Discord server. But wait, no. We know you have a sweeter tooth. For a few dollars more a month, become a two-scooper supporter and join us for the live show streams as we record early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed and access to the super-secret member channels in Discord. Plus, you can now support with a single annual donation at either level. Uh, by the way, replace scooper with reeler, because that's what it's really called, and then that all makes sense. <laughs> and you may be saying, well, I knew that, Rob. Your mediocre attempt at sugary frozen puns as pedestrian... But did you know there's more? Yes, as a Next Real listener, it's time to get Letterboxed. What's Letterboxed, you ask? It's an exclusive social network that focuses on movies. No nonsense. It's not like Next Door Neighbor. You don't need to hear about your neighbor's feral cat problem or any of that stuff. It's just movies that you, your friends, and the people that you admire have seen and enjoyed. They're now offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Real. Just head to thenextreel.com slash letterboxed. Please note, that's two E's, not three. Drop the 30, so it's letter boxed with just XD. I got to say that because it's there. that's how they are. They're fancy. And you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. This discount also works for renewals. I got brain freeze now. Well, <laughs> it brings us to the end of another wonderful satinette. Steve, Mandy, you guys are wonderful. Any final words, any final thoughts as we head off? To enjoy more ice cream. Rocky Road? Is it a Buck Rogers quote? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> the Goonies? The Goonies. Oh, I know Goonies. Sloth. Yeah. Oh, Talking to Chuck. Sloth. Rocky Road. Yes. Gotcha. Mandy, what you got? What's your favorite ice cream? Anything with chocolate and peanut butter is is my jam. Oh, That's where I yes. live. Yeah. It's yeah. got to have both I or I, I won't I... waste my time. Okay. Oh. oh. I... Okay, I like I've this. been known to just That's melt peanut butter in my microwave and then dump it on whatever ice cream I can find. Oh, because I'm I'm that into that combo. Well, I yeah. have not done that. Now I've got. Now I've got. Oh, there's something to happen for breakfast. And I like it a little burned, Steve. That's my Ooh, hot tip for you. A like, little burn. Let the peanut butter get a little, little burned. So the sugars are starting. You're starting to get a little. Oh, caramelization of the sugars. Oh, I'm yeah, liking this. I just this. changed I, your life. Yeah. Yes, you did. Oh, that's that's. I'm spending my day today just big bowl of <laughs> peanut butter and ice cream. <laughs> and now your lives are changed on this episode of Sat Matt. Until next time, yum. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.